0: If you haven't seen Aliens and you're listening to this, what the fuck is wrong with you?
1: Was that? Ah. that
0: good, huh? Eh, fucking bullshit. Nah, whatever. How are we recording? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right.
1: Kinda... Look, man,
0: we're here to talk about aliens, but yeah. I'm here to talk about how I just bought the Alien Legacy Collection on Blu-ray, and the my fucking, the fucking copy of Aliens that came with it didn't work. I got to the part where they all go in and they all get attacked and it just started, like, it just skipped the whole scene. Like, it fast-forwarded automatically. And I kept trying to rewind and it just would just fast-forward again. I've never seen that. And it, was, it made me so angry.
1: You know, maybe it's supposed to contextualize that the scene happens so fast and it's in the highest no. quality possible. No. no. I'm trying to make you feel better. I don't believe that at all. I'm so sorry.
0: It's fucking bullshit. I only got it because I went I, I realized I didn't own a copy of Alien Resurrection. And I'm like, I have to rewatch it before the fucking show.
1: I'm I'm happy to be back talking more alien stuff with you. I really enjoyed our alien discussion, even though it ended up being more about the legacy of Alien and the impact it had. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of important to talk about too. You know, because these are pretty uh, impactful movies for like yeah, for, for pop culture. I, I mean, movies, yeah, for sure, but alien specifically, uh, this impacts everything in the sci-fi action genre.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's so weird to see like two like you don't see movie series where like both entries seem to have the same amount of effect on pop culture. Like, there's, the, there's before and after Alien, and then there's before and after Aliens. And you yeah. can see a big that's... shift in how sci-fi horror movies are made after both of those.
1: Yeah, like, that just doesn't happen, like, ever. It's not just a modern-day thing. I think that's...
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think... Other than Star Wars, with you have Star Wars and then you have Empire Strikes Back, you don't have anything like it.
1: Oh, uh, would you consider The Godfather, part one and two? Yeah, I mean, but,
0: uh, like, I wouldn't say... There's, there's only a two-year difference between Godfather and Godfather 2.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, I see what you're saying.
0: Like, I'm talking about there's a big shift in, like, how culture perceives, like, film series and, like, movie making after Alien and Aliens and Star Wars and Empire. But Godfather is just... There's, there's Godfather and then Godfather Part 2, which just both happen to be amazing movies. Let me tell you my experience with aliens. Yes, let's get into that. Story, kind of. So, my dad wasn't the most responsible parent when it came to what pop culture he exposed me to as a kid. He showed me the scene when in Pulp Fiction when everyone gets shot when I was like five. So, because he said, hey, they talk about hamburgers right beforehand. It's funny. And then I saw him fucking shoot Brad in the fucking face. So, one night, I had just moved into this new house, and that was like, hey, at night tonight, we have to stop everything and watch this movie that's going to be on TV. And I'm like, what movie? (laughs) Aliens. And he's like, it's kind of a scary movie. And up to this point, like, the most, like, scary alien movies I had been exposed to was, like, 20 Million Miles to Earth, or, like, Earth vs. the Flying Saucers. (sighs) Really simple shit. And I'm like, all right. And can I invite my friend who I just met like a week ago from across the street? And they're like, sure. So we all got together. It was dark as shit and sat down to watch Aliens, which was the scariest fucking experience of my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Because once this movie gets going, it never lets up. Like, once everything goes wrong, about, like, 40 minutes in, it just becomes a nonstop nightmare of a movie. And as a kid, and even as a kid, like, just the suspense building it up of, like, knowing you're going to this alien planet and you're going to see some creepy aliens is enough to, like, just get you on edge, like, give you a heart attack almost. And then once stuff goes, starts going down, it delivers. And uh, I traumatized my friend from across the street. Who wasn't expecting? And it's it was fucking. I mean, I I don't think I'd seen violence in a movie like that up to that point. I always think of the pilot that gets killed in it when she the alien comes up behind her and you just see the blood like just go all over the window and you just see her body like just scraping against it.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the grisliest kill in the movie. That one, yeah. like in the maybe in the series, it's one of the most gruesome. I mean, we'll talk about the ones in Alien Three because yeah, Alien Three. Whoa. But that one I'm shocking for sure.
0: Yeah, that one was the one where it's just there's just so much blood after that moment, and so and that's the thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of young people, are exposed to Aliens before Alien. I'm not sure if that was your experience. Uh, um,
1: like I mentioned in the previous uh, Alien but, discussion, I, I caught glimpses of it. But uh, I, I didn't watch it all the way through first. Mm. Yeah, and, and then uh built my way up to it, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is a <laughs> fucking ride. Do you think we needed Aliens? Like, I know the impact it had afterwards, but in terms of movies that needed sequels, like if you saw Alien today, and it was just as good as it was then, would you say, I want to see a sequel to that? I want to see what happens to Ripley. Or would you say, leave it alone, it's perfect, one and done is all you need?
0: I, if, you know, if it was hypothetical, like, if I didn't know that the sequel was going to be Aliens, mm-hmm. like, I just had no idea what the sequel would have been, I probably would have said no. Like, I probably would have said, don't fuck with it. <laughs> like, don't, don't give us any ideas of what could have happened. But, I mean, the Alien, the first Alien movie is very, like, closed. Like, it's just standalone. Most of these movies are pretty standalone. And they only connect to each other like very, like slightly, just Ripley kind of going from movie to movie. But there aren't, like, it's not like there's something set up in movie one that pays off in movie three or something. If if someone, like, gave me a glimpse into the future and I saw that we would have gotten Aliens out of a sequel to Alien, I would have said yes. Because <laughs> I know it's fun for some people to shit on Aliens today, but I think it's still a great movie.
1: I still think the theatrical cut is great, fantastic, one of the best sequels. Uh, I, when I finally watched the director's cut, when I got the entire Alien box set, I, that's when I turned on Aliens. I was wrong, obviously, because the theatrical cut is still fucking five out of five, the highest praise you can give any movie <laughs> of this caliber. Uh, and we'll talk about why in a second, but I, I really dislike the director's cut. I think the pacing really slows down you get a little more into the mindset of ripley mm-hmm. but that's like it, it just makes newt seem more like a, a replacement daughter than like any sort of i don't know it, it doesn't work for me there's a lot that doesn't work for me in it and it's too stretched out and that, yeah like yeah the pacing gets all off and it's it's not as exciting so, yeah. i don't yeah i
0: don't the director's cut but it's not like the version i prefer I mean the theatrical cut is just so much tighter. And the one the thing about the director's cut I don't like is those they have those like miniguns. There's yeah. a scene with miniguns and all and that's the scene like a lot of people complain about how aliens diminishes how scary the alien creature is. And I don't agree in the theatrical cut but in the director's cut when they set up those two miniguns and they just you, there's just basically a scene of just aliens getting mowed down in this hallway. They don't show it too much, but you get the implication that they're just sending alien after alien at these guns and they're getting killed. That's when it starts feeling like the threat of the aliens isn't as great. Like if you just have enough bullets, you probably could have stopped. And that's what that scene makes the aliens feel like. Whereas the other scenes I think still managed to show that even with that type of firepower, the aliens are just too overwhelming.
1: Yeah, uh I I've, I've never been a fan of that scene either. And then uh early on with the the colonists where you get to see the colony functioning like a normal colony and mm-hmm. uh, the the family stumbles across the ship that Ripley crew stumbled across. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I don't like I can see why they took that out. It doesn't really yeah. work at all. Like it just shows you what it was like before and then you come across it again later, but you are when you get there, you understand enough of the uh the circumstances behind it, they tell you everything you need to know before Ripley goes back on this mission with the Marines that it's just a nice little colony for families to explore the outer planets and whatnot and then correct, every- me.
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the uh the directors cut when they show the colony don't they basically give away that the company has told them to go out to that site? yeah. You don't dis- in the theatrical cut. You don't discover that until later, when she yes, confronts it's a big deal. But mm-hmm. in this version, it's okay. They said, "Go check out the spot." And we don't ask too any questions around here.
1: Yeah, and that's that doesn't. That's not exciting. Like they just tell you, and so you know what you're getting into even more so. Like obviously, the sequel to Alien is going to have more aliens, especially when it's just the first title plural. Mm-hmm. So, like you, you know what you're going to get into. It's just. It's over explaining to the audience, and that's boring. Yeah.
0: No. It's, it's hard to imagine, but the, how brilliantly simple is this sequel? Where it's like, hey, remember First Alien, where that one alien was so scary? Let's do a sequel, and now there's a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you really needed to pitch. Like, hey, now there's more, and that's how you get your movie.
1: And it's really structurally similar to the first movie. And not not in a bad way. It's just the first movie with a lot of action elements now. And a a bigger cast and bigger budget. It's like, uh, James Cameron does the same thing for Terminator and Terminator 2. It's structurally the same movie. It's all the little moving parts that are different.
0: Hmm.
1: And with a bigger budget and bigger action.
0: You know? It's like poetry. It rhymes. Oh god. Okay. Maybe it was a bad example. Um, no, no, no. I, I think it shows that you can, you can repeat movies and, you know, kind of comment on a sort of formula and make it interesting. You can build off of a formula. I mean, fuck, the Bond movies have done it for like 30 films at this point. <laughs> They're better than others, but like some take that formula and make it real. I mean, or think about, like you saw Creed. Creed is the exact same film as every other Rocky movie. Yeah. And it's great. So, like, you can do that.
1: Yeah, it all comes down to just having a good director. I mean, there's a lot of other moving pieces that come into play, too. But, I mean, if you have a really good director who knows how to deliver, Hmm. I mean, you're pretty much in good hands. You know, like, Terminator Genesis. if you had, I don't know, any... Good journeyman directors right now. Like Justin Lin directed it. I know you're not a fan of the Fast and Furious movies like I am, but I think it would have been at least exciting. Like for a retread, like it still would have been fucking stupid. Like that's a really yeah. dumb movie.
0: Not uh, to go, not to go off on Terminator Genesis too much.
1: No, 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 no. But I'm just, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If you have a good director, you could accomplish a lot of things.
0: They should have fucking. I hate that they did another action turn like that. See, the Terminator franchise is kind of like what should be like the ghost over the alien franchise. Because the first Terminator is not really an action movie. Like, there's, a, there's some action in it. But it's more like a horror film. Luckily, so far, we haven't had people trying to imitate, imitate aliens too much, even though a lot of people have been talking about it for a long time. Because if, if they just start copying if they start making it, every alien sequel like aliens then it'll fucking suck after like maybe one reboot. I doubt it. I mean even like Terminator Genesis fucking blue. So I feel like if we get this rumored where they bring back Sigourney Weaver and Hicks, it's gonna just be Terminator Genesis all over again.
1: And Newt, don't forget Newt.
0: Yeah. Well that's gonna be a different actress, so who fucking cares?
1: Yeah. Uh, so let's just get into
0: the overall story of aliens. Say, just into the story of aliens. Um, the theatrical cut is so much better at getting right, right into the story, like the a- action of the story. I mean, like the, the director's cut. It's there's so much bloat in the front of that movie. With you get one extra scene with Ripley, you know, where she's kind of like she finds out what happens to her daughter, which is all right. But you don't, you don't need it. And then you get that long scene with the colonists, and it just makes the beginning of the movie drag too much. Like, I like that the Alien movies kind of have a slow beginning, but they, the way it happens in the director's cut of Aliens kind of sucks. Whereas the theatrical cut, you kind of just get, you get your setup really quickly. It's like, hey, there's this base. Uh, we've lost contact. We need Ripley to go in.
1: Yeah, and it it, it goes to show that, uh, like, if you have the bare minimum, like, again, if if you have a good director, you can make it work, and so in the debriefing uh, post, the alien events 50-plus years in the future, after she wakes up, and she's talking to all the board members, they're like, there's nothing there, you're you're like, we don't know what happened, but you're clearly just crazy, or you're you're lying to us, because we have colonists there, nothing's wrong, and then immediately (laughs) after, they're like, oh, we lost contact, so
0: help. You know what, though? That could've, there could have been another sequel in here. Um, I was just thinking about it on my rewatch this time, where, like, they say, yeah, we've been on LV-426 for years now, and we haven't seen anything. Which, you could have done another sequel where that was true, which means that that ship that was stuck there left at some point, and was fucking trolling around the galaxy. That's... Oh, that, that, there's that- some scary implications to that. Like, that could have been a... you could have taken us in a whole other direction. But...
1: Yeah, that's fucking terrifying.
0: And there's also that idea of, you know, like, they say, we've been on over 300 worlds and we've never seen anything like this. And that just, like, goes like, well, what the fuck is happening in other corners of this universe? Like, that was always the cool thing about aliens. It just felt like there was some horrible nightmare going on just at the boundaries of of this story, and we're only getting, like, a peek at it. The threat, there's the ultimate threat of these aliens getting back to Earth in, like, every movie. So, I just always like that.
1: Yeah. uh, But I I got more thoughts for what they should be doing with the Alien franchise. Uh, But I want to talk about Aliens right now. So, uh, the cast and crew of Aliens, these, like these really uh, macho marines full of bravado and lance henrickson is yeah. is they're they're more caricatures than characters i think but they're like the defining caricatures you know well, i think
0: bishop in this film kind of sums up the differences between alien and aliens like think of the performance like think of ash the android in the first alien how like subtle that performance is like that's a there's a plot twist there so you have to hide it but like Think of all the subtleties in that performance when you go back and rewatch it and you know he's an android, whereas in Aliens, they go out of your way to make sure you know that Bishop is an android, and we're going to give him this whole scene with a knife (laughs) where no one in the audience will be confused.
1: Hey, what are you doing, man? Hey, what
0: are you doing? Come on, quit messing around, Dre. Come on. Bishop? Hey, man.
1: Hey, not
0: me, man. Yeah, you. Hey, come on, come messing around. Don't move. Trust me. Alien is subtle. Aliens is not, and that's not
1: bad. It's just different. And that knife scene, that was. Done practically, right? And then they sped up the footage.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, because I know, like, I think he, Lance Hendricks has said he can do it. That wasn't funny, man. And I've seen my dad try and do it at the bar and cut his finger open, which was hysterical. <laughs> I like the introduction of all these Marines. I love the just them waking up. I think that's a great moment. Thing I want to point out is that's a good one thing I love about James Cameron is his older work when he wasn't he didn't have CGI to use all the time is that he gets like every dollar out of his special effects. When those pods open up, they did like a mirror effect to make it look like there were more pods there than there actually were because they couldn't afford to build more than like four.
1: Oh, I never knew that.
0: Like if you look at the wall, it's a mirror. And, but he shoots it in such a way that it looks like you, you couldn't... He makes his movies look so huge when he definitely didn't have the budget to, you know make, like, a movie as big as it appears. I mean, just look at how big Terminator is. I mean, he did that movie on, like, a $5 million budget. I realized something, though. uh, And this is in my head. I have no idea if this is what the movie is trying to say. But this is what I think in my head about uh, the Colonial Marines in this film. Uh, These are all the rejects. These are not, like, the the top-of-the-line Colonial Marines on this mission. This is like, you know, like this, the squadron from Stripes. Because they're the guys they send in on because they're talking about like is this another bug hunt? Meaning they've been on like a bunch of missions like this. Before, which, and so they're not expecting a ton. They're just expecting like, you know, a really simple mission. So they didn't send in like a great squadron. And the way they behave, they don't exactly come across as the best behaved soldiers. So I think part of the movie is that these guys are all... Like, and well, the guy who's in charge has fucking been on no missions. So I think part of what this movie is doing is just setting up that these guys are all a bunch of losers. Especially Hudson.
1: Oh, Hudson. He's the worst, but that makes him like the best. Yeah. Uh, Bill Paxton's fucking awesome in this role. He won like a Saturn award, right? Really? I did not know that. Yeah, or he was at least nominated. But I'm pretty sure he won.
0: Uh, but that 's cool. an interesting interpretation. I never really thought of it that way. Just saying i don 't know if that was the intent, but i like the, I like thinking that, especially because it a lot of like the fandom that surrounds this movie treats the colonial Marines like they 're super badass, and I definitely don 't see the movie like thinking that. I see the movie seeing the colonial Marines as a bunch of tough talkers who then, when the shit gets real, they fall apart.
1: The movie works either way because. Your interpretation uh it it amplifies uh the heroicness towards the end of it with yeah. like Hudson in particular, you know, like he finally like stands up to the aliens and then he fucking dies and it's kind of sad then gruesome uh, yeah, like he just gets fucked up, and you do not see it, but you can just like imagine it uh, yeah. and then even if they are portrayed as like the biggest badasses, like it doesn't matter because the xenomorphs are like unstoppable yeah, and so that also makes it scarier. So either way, I think it works. But, uh, yeah, I never really succumbed to the theory that aliens is, like, pro these marines being badass, which uh, you're a good point last time when we spoke. Uh, alien colonial marines was probably a bad idea from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the other thing is there's a good, like, comparison between both Hicks and Hudson as characters. Because Hudson, you know, like, the whole time going in, Hudson won't shut the fuck up about how badass he thinks they are and how they're going to kick everyone's ass and they're going to rule. And then when shit goes wrong, Hudson turns into like a blubbering baby who can't handle anything around him. Great. That's just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? Why don't you put her in charge? Hicks, they kind of stole this from The Godfather, where when they're they're in the dropship and Hicks falls asleep during the dropship, and, like, which is a good, like, indicates, like, how cool and collected he really is under pressure. She knows, like, what they did with Michael and The Godfather when they're standing out in front of the hospital pretending they have guns. And they show the, and after the scene, they show the one guy's hands are, like, shaking, like, big time, but Michael's hands are steady, which is the hint that he's going to be the real gangster at the end yeah. of the movie. Um, and this one sets up that Hudson is, I mean, not Hudson, Hicks is, he's quiet, but he's going to come forward and be the guy who, can take charge under pressure, which he eventually does.
1: Where's some real pretty shit now, man? Are you finished? These characters are really well-established, even though yep. they don't have uh, like arcs. Not every character needs an arc anyways, like, but they're, yeah. they're well thought out, and you understand each one individually, which is a big problem as the franchise progresses. Uh, yeah. But you still get really good outlines here. Uh, But I also want to say that if we're succumbing to your theory about them not being the biggest badasses, the only two badasses are uh, Drake and Vasquez.
0: Well, I have a theory about Vasquez. I think Vasquez has been discriminated against because she's a woman. Have you ever been mistaken for a man?
1: No. Have you?
0: Like, she is badass. She is the, the only genuine badass in the group but they've never given her the right, you know, positions because she's a woman.
1: It is too bad. Given the gender politics in this series, and we're rolling with your theory, that makes also perfect sense.
0: Exactly. See, I'm fucking brilliant.
1: Let's <laughs> tone it down a bit there. That's all, all right. all that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Vasquez is like the best. I mean, it really sucks that the actress is not actually Latina. Yeah. Uh, so I have iffy feelings about that now, but if I could separate that, she's a great character.
0: Well, here, here's some I didn't know that when I was a kid. Yeah, no, me neither. I, I thought, found that out like two years ago. So, like to me, she was a badass Mexican character. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. It's still racist, but I was just I was just thinking about it. Like I didn't realize that until I saw it. Until I realized that it was the same woman that was in Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's not good.
1: No, see, I realized it when I was watching uh, Lethal Weapon 2. I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, it, oh. oh yeah.
0: <laughs> she's also in fucking Titanic.
1: Oh, fucking James Cameron.
0: I think, I think she's Irish in that.
1: <laughs> God damn it.
0: So, there you go. Uh,
1: I mean, she's good. She's good. So, nothing against her. It's just...
0: Yeah, <laughs> this movie, but that shit don't fly in 2016.
1: Fuck nope, I'd be fucking livid if that happened now. I mean, I'm fucking ah, uh, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing about that. Uh, in Alien oh. Five, John
0: Depp can play Sergeant Sanchez.
1: I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> <if that happens. laughs> Jesus Christ. So the the aliens get some more backstory this time around, uh, and. I think for this movie, it works wonderfully. For everything else, people have learned the wrong lessons from it.
0: Yeah, and, well, this actually causes a problem. Yeah. There's a problem caused by this. Um, first of all, just a quick aside. Um, this is the first movie, I think, where we hear the word xenomorph.
1: Yes, you're right. I, when we watched it, right, you were right.
0: But I don't... Here's the thing. Is that the official name that like, some, like someone at the company gave these aliens, or is that just a term for, like, generic alien creature?
1: I think that was a term for generic alien creature, and then, because yeah. of aliens, it became uh, assimilated to the alien.
0: Because it's such a quick throwaway line where the guy's like, and there might be a xenomorph on the premises. And the guy's like, a what? And like, a xenomorph, and the bug hunt. And then, like... <laughs> so it's, it's not like that was the official name. I don't know. So it's weird what's gotten taken from this movie. Um, but then again, I guess I shouldn't be shocked. Most people, when they, tr- like, because a lot of sequels end up being fan fiction, especially today. And lots of fan fiction takes the wrong lessons from this kind of shit, so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, like,
1: possibly bringing back two characters who died in the 90s. Yeah. years ago. That would be dumb. Yeah. That'd be if they, dumb. If they ever did that, that'd be the stupidest fucking
0: thing. Yeah. Uh,
1: but the, the designs of the, the alien hive and the queen, like that stuff's all real creepy and nasty. That's great. Yeah. Like uh, the first alien, you talked about the juxtaposition between the ship, like the industrial ship and mm-hmm. the alien ship. Here we get sort of uh, the industrial stuff, not as heavy. Obviously, it's much more aesthetically appealing if it's not, like, torn down by the alien attack. And then we get this new gross, like, slimy larva.
0: It's kind of mel- molding with the, like, like, the industrial aesthetic.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and it's also perfect because the aliens can also blend into that, which just, oh, that's some creepy shit when you see that for the first time.
0: Yeah, that reveal is amazing. And it's two reveals. Because first you see him coming out of the ceiling. And then you get the suspense of, oh my god, they, they're coming after these guys and the soldiers don't even know it. And then you get the second reveal when the girl gets killed, the first one dead, when she gets it in the fucking back. And like you don't see that alien the first time you watch that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't see that alien on the wall. And then it pops out and you're like, what the fuck? That's thing. That scene is great just because of how fucking wrong everything goes. Like, just after all this buildup of these tough Marines and then the setup of just, you got it, they can't use any of their firepower because it could set off an explosion. So they collected all the magazines and just that girl getting taken out immediately and then the one other guy getting set on fire and then falling to his death. And then the fucking magazine's catching on fire and exploding and killing another guy. And then everyone getting separated. And then, you know, one guy getting taken out off screen. And then the Sarge getting killed. I mean, and then we immediately get into, like, when they, get, when they start getting pushed back, you see just, like, the big problem with fighting New aliens is that once you hit one of them, that acid blood goes everywhere. And that kills one of the guys and then fucks up uh, a couple of them. When the acid gets in the rover,
1: yeah, it fucks up uh, Hudson's armor and his arm. And yeah, yeah oh, it seems so good because, like, the again handles better than theatrical version. But like in the first mm-hmm. movie, you get to know everything you need to: uh, setting, characters, establishing whatnots, and then at that during that attack, it just—I I don't think many movies ever have that sort of release of tension and horror. Like mm-hmm. like this one does, and it's it's really fucking exciting too to watch. It's like I, I would love to watch Aliens on the big screen with the crowd because this is, I, I mean, a lot of movies are described as roller coasters. I think this is like one of the pinnacle descriptions of that movie because then from then on out, it's nonstop, baby. It's yeah,
0: After too. that, it just never really lets up. Like even the quiet moments have tension in them, just because you know at any moment something could go wrong.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, when I first watched it, I was really sad that all those people died. Not because I really cared. I mean, it sucks because they're people and they died. But I was like, oh, this is it? This is all they have left?
0: And is, it's so good. I remember as a kid being shocked that the Sarge got killed so quickly. Because that guy like seemed like he was the only one who knew what the fuck he was doing up to that point. And I'm like, he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll make it to, like, the last reel of the movie. And then he fucking gets right in the middle. And you're like, what the... F-? And that was the thing. This doesn't happen... I mean, I guess Aliens isn't technically a kid's film, but a lot of kids have watched it. <laughs> um, there are a lot of these movies like Aliens that are, like, PG-13 ripoffs that I feel like don't have the same kind of consequences that Aliens has, where you pretty much lose everyone by the end of the movie. Like, save Hicks and Newt and Ripley.
1: Bishop counts, but he's, like, torn in half.
0: He's torn in half. He was all fucked up. But, uh, like, Hudson's the comic relief, and he dies, like, begging for his life. (laughs) thing a lot of people go like this movie's weak sauce compared to alien like yeah i get aliens probably a scarier movie but this movie's not like soft
1: yeah no it's really
0: not we meet newton we're pulled straight off the bat our whole family's dead like that's pretty dark <laughs> it's really
1: interesting that you bring that up yeah a lot of kids have watched this movie and I think because it's more of an action-adventure, I mean, it's still fucking horrifying, the shit that happens in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But because it's more action-adventure, I think more people are lenient on it than that. Uh, like, I think Drew at HitFix, one of the senior editors or members at HitFix, uh really mm-hmm. talented writer, and he showed his kids aliens, and he got a lot of shit for it. And I was like, I don't I don't think he should get shit for that. I mean,
0: I, think alien- I, I, think I remember. He wrote like a really good piece about showing his kids, uh, aliens. I read a piece where some guy was like, I showed my kids at a birthday party and their friends aliens and here's how they reacted. And it kind of shows how this movie still holds up today. Yeah.
1: That was a good,
0: um, yeah, that was a great piece. I can't believe anyone gave him shit for it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of understand. I mean, I think maybe I was a little too young at five. See. But that, in retrospect, I think it was good for me because it, like, sparked a lot of creativity in me for a long time. So, I don't know. I don't know what's the right age for certain movies. Just don't show them Blue Velvet until they're, like, 18. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and uh, to be fair, I wouldn't show them, like, Alien 3 afterwards. That would, like, fuck me up if I saw that Alien- when I was, like, five.
0: If you if you like watch Alien Three like right after Aliens, you you it wouldn't be a good idea. So, oh, although boy,
1: seen, I really love Hicks, I can't wait to see what they do with that character.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, yeah, I'm just thinking like uh, if my dad had shown me Alien when I was five, I probably would have been too scared because that movie is like kind of a nightmare, and like it's more Lovecraftian than aliens is but alien like has like more fun characters and not an overtly oppressing world around it just a slightly oppressing world
1: yeah and everything still for the most part tries to kill all the protagonists i think that's a really essential part of this franchise or everything has to be against them along with the alien so uh you have instead of uh being out in space they're stuck on the planet which is still pretty scary Uh, But then that nuclear reactor starts acting up, and they only have, like, four hours to escape.
0: There's that, but just to get the idea that there's all these aliens running around, like, that's enough. Like, that's – you're fucked. I mean, there's (laughs) not much to do at that point. And, like, also, there's a weird – so, like, there's that line Newt says a lot of people repeat, where she's like, they mostly come out at night, mostly – but fucking that planet is so fucked up, I can't tell what's day or night.
1: Yeah, I can't. I, I, whenever she says that, I'm like, is it, is it night now, or are you saying it's going to be night? And then I, yeah, I just remembered that she says it's going to be night soon, or it's going to be dark soon.
0: Maybe the aliens just have a really good biological clock. <laughs> I think it's Giger a-
1: worked that into the, into the design. She was like, oh, yeah, and they have little watches.
0: Yes who they brought on to design the Queen Alien for the movie and James Cameron, being the egomaniac, fired him because he wanted to design it himself.
1: Of course. <laughs> and then uh, Newt never worked again on a movie, right? She wasn't
0: an actress. I think they found her at, like, a school.
1: Oh, okay. I, I just assumed that it was because James Cameron, like, broke her? Because he was because um, no, like, a dick back then?
0: There's a good... There's If any... If you have access to any of the the behind-the-scenes documentaries for any of the original four Alien movies, they're all really interesting. Um, Especially Alien 3, which is a mixture of people apologizing and pointing fingers. And Alien 4, where everyone's trying to pretend the movie wasn't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the girl who played Newt, the interviewer, and she was like, well, they were, we were taught, she mentions, they were talking about, at the time, bringing her back for Alien 3. And that it was going to be Newt, Hicks, and Ripley in Alien 3. Like, that was talked about at one point. So, I guess, so the girl was, like, excited to do another one, they just didn't do it.
1: Back to Aliens, uh, Ripley has a more pronounced arc this time around. It's not just survival, it's about her kind of finding the surrogate family.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. which which is yeah it keeps the movie going yeah uh,
1: i I think it's well done
0: enough it's well done enough i'm just not a giant fan of it um it's just like it's it's you know it's good it makes you it makes you fucking care about what's happening but that's about it i'm not super invested in ripley finding their family like after this like, I don't give a fuck if they go home and then live a happy life. I just wanted to see how this movie plays out. But uh, it's good to give her something. And this is the one where, you know, she really starts taking command more. And right off the bat, she's already, like, barking orders at people. Like, she's, all, she's got, like, that guilt of what happened, and she's still, like, got, like, PTSD. But she's still, you know, making it clear that she's not fucking around when it comes to these aliens. Actually, there's a great scene early on I, I, I want to talk about where they go to Ripley and they're like, hey, we lost contact with the colony. We want you to go back. And she's at first like, no. And there's the scene where they try and bribe her. They're going like, hey, we'll get you your license back if you do this. And like, for a second, she's like, thinks about it. And then she's like, no, I'm not. Because I, like, I think that's in her character to say no to an offer like that. And it's eventually her guilt of just like what she, what's left undone on that planet. I, that she knows there's more eggs and that she knows that something had to have happened to this colony that gets her to go. We forgot to talk about what might be the scariest scene in the movie. Um, which is when Ripley and Nuke get locked in the room with the two facehuggers.
1: Uh, and it's so which, gross. I, yeah. I don't know why. It's always the pinning it against the wall with the, that turned over bed and it's just a little noise like, like oh, so
0: gross this really sets up how like, vicious and intense those things are because in the first movie you just, they just, the one just shoots out and gets on his face like it's a real quick scene whereas in this you see him like, running around, like what if like, just like, a bunch of these things got out and you know the moment they get on your face you're fucking dead like, there's nothing you can do about it after that. So, just watching them scurry around and just throwing anything you can at them and nothing stops them, just those little, like, pattering of feet, it's so unnerving. And as you mentioned, they were they were let loose in the room by Burke, the company man. And I think, uh, I don't remember the name of the actor who played him um, off the top of my head, but his performance is so awesome in just how much of an asshole he is.
1: Paul Reiser is really... Uh, yeah, dude, his entire cast is, right. is real good. Yeah, because like he, he seems like a nice enough guy, like, alright, a decent company guy is better than a fucking android, and then the android yeah. turns out to be the nice guy, and the human turns out to be the asshole this time.
0: Although that's when you get into some of that James Cameron bullshit commentary. Um, where Sigourney Weaver to him like, you don't see them screwing each other over over a goddamn percentage. And I'm like, Ripley, I get that you're angry, but I would fucking rather deal with Burke than those fucking aliens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good moment. It's a good line. But also, yeah. Yeah. I just, I can. Ripley can clearly go mano y mano with Burke. You can't yeah. go mano mono mano with an alien.
0: And you can just hear James Cameron's voice in that line. Like, that's a very James Cameron moment to me. Um, but, uh, no, I love, I, I love Paul Reiser in this. Um, just like his, I made a decision, Ripley, and it was, it was wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> like, this is like trying to downplay that he got everyone killed.
1: You know, because at first it's like, oh, well, you know, he's on Ripley's side when they're back on Earth, or on wherever, right outside of Earth. And then, uh, yeah, the I it was wrong
0: of me. And
1: Pathetic.
0: Yeah, he's pathetic, but one thing I want to say is that he, he's given a little more, like, nuance than later James Cameron corporate villains, like rich villains. Because in this, like... He, I, can't, he's, I can't imagine what you're talking about. He, he only goes after Ripley and new, because he's desperate at that point, because, like, Ripley says she's going to expose him. And so he knows he has to fucking get rid of her, or else he's fucked. And, like, when you see, like, him, when he turns off the camera, when he sees them begging for their lives, he's not doing it, like, with, like, a cackle on his face. He's, like, clearly, like, unnerved by what he's even doing. But he just, his morality, uh, he's overridden his own morality for his own safety as opposed to protection of the group. So I just like those little moments. Cause he's not just a cartoon villain, like a fucking cat and planet villain or something. This is a problem I have with like every James Cameron movie is it always feels like it goes on a little too long.
1: No, you're, you're correct. I feel that way about it. Even the theatrical version as uh, Mm. it's not as tight as alien. I -hmm. think it's in the same, like league. As the first film for sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, it does it drags a little bit in the middle after the initial attack and that really gruesome plane crash with the corpse no, smeared up against the wall.
0: Drags. I don't think that's where it drags. Oh really? Where 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 do you think it does? The moment after like they make their last stand, everyone runs, you know, uh, fucking uh, Hicks I mean, yeah, Hudson dies and fucking uh Vasquez dies. The moment when Newt falls down the shaft into the sewer, I'm always like, every time I watch this movie, I'm always like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, this is so like, like we're, we were out of here and now it feels like we're just dragging this out a little longer. Like The whole sequence with that queen alien, until they leave, I feel like is a little too long to me. Um, I get it because you haven't introduced the queen alien up to this point. So... If you want to have the climax that you actually have, but it's just that section right there always feels a little long to me. I'm also, I gotta be honest, like I haven't said this yet, but I'm not like a huge Newt fan as a character. Like, I'm not one of those guys who's like super upset that Newt is dead in Alien 3. Um, I like the
1: character, but not the actor so much.
0: She's she's a little, just kind of child actor. Not great. Um, she's not
1: a Macy Williams on Game of Thrones. No. Oh, she would have been a great newt, But I'll let you continue.
0: Oh, I'm sure she will be. <laughs> Fuck me. Just Curse yourself, man. I don't know. It's just she she never stuck with me as a character. She more like felt like a prof, which is kind of what she is. And she eventually turns into. When you're seeing the scenes of fucking uh, Sigourney Weaver running, carrying Newt, she's carrying a dummy, and it's a little obvious. But
1: I never noticed that. I'll try to take a closer look next time, but yeah, I've yeah. never noticed that.
0: Look for the long scenes where Newt's body doesn't move at all while being held by Ripley.
1: I also want to say that Newt is a better idea for a character than she is an execution so like i like the character enough to care that she dies and i care about her safety but she's clearly just like more of a plot point like
0: some of the things they try and give ripley in i guess i'll just say one of the sequels good man good man um also let's just talk about for a brief second how easily this movie could have just been alien again where it was just one egg, one alien on a space station somewhere. Like that could have easily have been the sequel to this movie. And they thankfully didn't do that.
1: That would have been so boring. Yeah. I mean, even if you get James Cameron to do it, like he did Terminator, Mm -hmm. it'd still be the same story without any of the flashy flair that he brought to aliens on the, like, I mean, everything in aliens is like times 100. Like, okay, you got seven people on a ship. In space, we've got over a dozen people on a planet in space with 200 aliens or whatever. Yes. And it's it's fun. I mean, J.J. Abrams does that for, like, everything, especially with Star Trek.
0: Yes. And you can look at the good and bad end of that by watching Star Trek 09 and Star Trek Into Darkness.
1: (laughs) So maybe it works for one movie. Don't do it again.
0: Yes. Also uh I guess we should m- briefly mention how much how influential aliens has been on video games.
1: Halo is just aliens.
0: Halo, I mean Contra which like blatantly took the alien like like image and used it in the video game. Um fucking Metroid which I know was h- hugely inspired by the alien aliens. Um and also this movie I that was the thing I didn't mention. Uh one thing this movie doesn't get enough credit for is I'm pretty sure it's the first movie to do like military science fiction, which is a whole subgenre of science fiction of stuff, you know, like starship troopers, like, like the book. Um, and there's a lot of military sci-fi out there. And I think aliens is the first movie to visualize that. And James Cameron doesn't get it. Cause like people kind of just write it off as, Oh, James Cameron just wanted to do an action movie in space, but he, put a lot of effort into making sure those movies still worked as a science fiction movie and what, like, you know, the military in the future might look like. Just felt like throwing that out there.
1: I never thought about that, actually.
0: I can't think of another movie before this that did the military sci-fi thing. Can you?
1: No, I'm just looking at a picture of Bill Paxton, like, smiling with his hands over his chest. So I kind of zoned out for a second. He looks pretty happy.
0: Hey, good job, Bill Paxton.
1: Yeah, you're kick assing in Aliens.
0: You were a twister. That movie fucking sucked.
1: Okay, so the Aliens 30th anniversary this year is going to be celebrated at Comic Con. I will. I think I'm going to be there that day. Uh, I don't actually have tickets. I'm just going to say hi, because. I like San Diego. I, I got some other people I want to see. Maybe Sean. Maybe I'll talk to Sean. Are you
0: just going to be like outside of Comic-Con?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go grab some beers with people and then just kick it with like cosplayers. Or... But anyways, the Alien 30th anniversary, James Cameron is going to be there with Sigourney Weaver, Paul Reiser, Bill Paxton, Lance Henriksen, like the the whole main cast. Michael Biehn isn't
0: is going to be there. That's That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I'm like sure that they're going to announce Aliens 2 or Alien 5 as it were.
0: God, you know what? Because it's a Comic-Con crowd, they're going to cheer. Yeah. Fucking morons cheer at everything. Those hapless losers. Because I have a love-hate relationship with everything in existence. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um... But like I, I just wish I could get a report of like audiences booing at that. But I won't get it. Like you realize, like how much my Grinch heart will shrink in delight if I hear that they booed. I, you know,
1: why they won't? Also, not just because they're hapless. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't think all of them are. I think a lot yeah, of people are. are. But uh, are. because everyone miss understands why aliens is so great you know it's not just because it's a cool action movie it's to, it's because this is what happens when you get an action movie premise set up against uh a lovecraftian nightmare shit's scary i mean the action's there but the point isn't that like all these marines are mowing down aliens left and right like some badasses like they all die every single one of them and that's that's what makes it an interesting premise not that they win I mean they, they do win but everyone's dead so
0: this would be like if some moron thought the interesting thing about the characters of Batman and Superman would just be them fighting each other like if they thought they could sell a whole movie based on that premise congratulations to aliens for getting for living 30 years <laughs>
1: and having a pretty good legacy up until this point
0: Announcing that you plan to kill yourself by making aliens too. <laughs> Fuck movies.
1: Okay, where can the people find you online?
0: tn at twitter
1: Yeah, links down below. i Dago Waffles on Twitter. Audiences Everywhere dot net. Uh, Waffle Press on YouTube. Like, subscribe. If you didn't like this, like, subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like.
0: Yeah, assholes bye you're going out there to destroy them right not to study not to bring back but to wipe them out that's the plan